0: Section 8 of The Oakdale Affair by Edgar Rice Burroughs. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. The beams of the little electric lamp moving from side to side revealed a small cellar littered with refuse and festooned with cobwebs. At one side tottered the remains of a series of wooden racks upon which pans of milk had doubtless stood to cool in a long-gone happier day. Some of the uprights had rotted away so that a part of the frail structure had collapsed to the earthen floor. A table with one leg missing and a crippled chair constituted the balance of the contents of the cellar, and there was no living creature, and no chain, nor any other visible evidence of the presence which had clanked so lugubriously out of the dark depths during the vanished night. The boy breathed a heartfelt sigh of relief, and Bridge laughed, not without a note of relief either. You see, there is nothing, he said, nothing except some firewood which we can use to advantage. I regret that James is not here to attend me, but since he is not, you and I will have to carry some of this stuff upstairs. And together they returned to the floor above, their arms laden with pieces of the dilapidated milk-rack the girl was awaiting them at the head of the stairs while the two tramps whispered together at the opposite side of the room it took bridge but a moment to have a roaring fire started in the old stove in the kitchen and as the warmth rolled in comforting waves about them the five felt for the first time in hours something akin to relief and well-being With the physical relaxation which the heat induced came a like relaxation of their tongues and temporary forgetfulness of their antagonisms and individual apprehensions. Bridge was the only member of the group whose conscience was entirely free. He was not wanted anywhere, he had no unexpiated crimes to harry his mind, and with the responsibilities of the night removed, he fell naturally into his old carefree manner he hazarded foolish explanations of the uncanny noises of the night, and suggested various theories to account for the presence and the mysterious disappearance of the dead man. The general, on the contrary, seriously maintained that the weird sounds had emanated from the ghost of the murdered man who was unquestionably none other than the long-dead squib returned to haunt his former home, and that the scream had sprung from the ghostly lungs of his slain wife or daughter i wouldn't spend another night in this dump he concluded for both them pockets full of swag the oskaloosa kid's packin around immediately all eyes turned toward the flushing youth the girl and bridge could not prevent their own gazes from wandering to the bulging coat pockets the owner of which moved uneasily at last shooting a look of defiance not unmixed with pleading at bridge he's a bad one interjected dopey charlie a glint of cunning in his ordinarily glassy eyes he flashes a couple of mitts full of sparklers chesty like and allows as how he's a regner burglar then he pulls a gun on me as wasn't doin nothin to him and most croaks me it's even money that if anyone's been croaked in oakdale last night they won't have to look far for the guy that done it leastwise they won't have to look far if he doesn't come across and Dopey Charlie looked meaningly and steadily at the side-pockets of the Oskaloosa kid. I think, said Bridge, after a moment of general silence, that you two crooks had better beat it. Do you get me? And he looked from Dopey Charlie to the general and back again. We don't go, said Dopey Charlie, belligerently, until we gets half the kid's swag. You go now, said Bridge, without anybody's swag and he drew the boy's automatic from his side pocket you go now and you go quick beat it the two rose and shuffled toward the door we'll get you you college lizzie threatened dopey charlie and we'll get that phony punk too and speed the parting guest quoted bridge firing a shot that splintered the floor at the crook's feet When the two hoboes had departed the others huddled again close to the stove until Bridge suggested that he and the Oskaloosa kid retire to another room while the girl removed and dried her clothing, but she insisted that it was not wet enough to matter since she had been covered by a robe in the automobile until just a moment before she had been hurled out. "'Then after you are warmed up,' said Bridge, "'you can step into this other room while the kid and I strip and dry our things,' for there's no question but that we are wet enough. At the suggestion the kid started for the door. "'Oh, no,' he insisted. "'It isn't worth while. I'm almost dry now, and as soon as we get out on the road I'll be all right. I—I like wet clothes,' he ended lamely. Bridge looked at him questioningly, but did not urge the matter. "'Very well,' he said. "'You probably know what you like.' But as for me, I'm going to pull off every rag and get good and dry. The girl had already quitted the room, and now the kid turned and followed her. Bridge shook his head. I'll bet the little beggar never was away from his mother before in his life, he mused. Why, the mere thought of undressing in front of a strange man made him turn red, and posing as the Oskaloosa kid. Bless my soul. But he's a humorist, a regular, natural-born one. Bridge found that his clothing had dried to some extent during the night, so after a brisk rub he put on the warmed garments, and though some were still a trifle damp, he felt infinitely more comfortable than he had for many hours. Outside the house he came upon the girl and the youth standing in the sunshine of a bright new day. They were talking together in a most animated manner." and as he approached, wondering what the two had found of so great common interest, he discovered that the discussion hinged upon the relative merits of ham and bacon as a breakfast dish. "'Oh, my heart, it is just aching,' quoted Bridge, "'for a little bit of bacon. A hunk of bread, a little mug of brew. I'm tired of seeing scenery. Just lead me to a beanery, where there's something more than only air to chew.' The two looked up, smiling you're a funny kind of tramp to be quoting poetry said the oskaloosa kid even if it is nibs almost as funny replied bridge as a burglar who recognizes nibs when he hears him the oskaloosa kid flushed. he wrote for us of the open road he replied quickly i don't know of any other class of men who should enjoy him more or any other class that is less familiar with him retorted bridge but the burning question just now is pots, not poetry, flesh pots. I'm hungry. I could eat a cow. The girl pointed to an adjacent field. Help yourself, she said. That happens to be a bull, said Bridge. I was particular to mention cow, which in this instance is proverbially less dangerous than the male, and much better eating. We kept a-rambling all the time, I rustled grub, he rustled rime. Blind baggage, hoof it. Ride or climb, we always put it through. Who's going to wrestle the grub? The girl looked at the Oskaloosa kid. You don't seem like a tramp at all to talk to, she said, but I suppose you're used to asking for food. I couldn't do it. I should die if I had to. The Oskaloosa kid looked uncomfortable. So should, he commenced and then suddenly subsided, of course i'd just as soon he said you two stay here i'll be back in a minute they watched him as he walked down to the road and until he disappeared over the crest of the hill a short distance from the squibb's house i like him said the girl turning toward bridge so do i replied the man there must be some good in him she continued even if he is such a desperate character but i know he's not the oskaloosa kid Do you really suppose he robbed a house last night and then tried to kill that dopey person? Bridge shook his head. I don't know, he said, but I am inclined to believe that he is more imaginative than criminal. He certainly shot up the dopey person, but I doubt if he ever robbed a house. While they waited, the Oskaloosa kid trudged along the muddy road to the nearest farmhouse, which lay a full mile beyond the Squibbs' home. As he approached the door, a lank, sallow man confronted him with a suspicious eye. "'Good morning,' greeted the Oskaloosa kid. The man grunted. "'I want to get something to eat,' explained the youth. If the boy had hurled a dynamite bomb at him, the result could have been no more surprising. The lank, sallow man went up into the air figuratively. He went up a mile or more, and on the way down he reached his hand inside the kitchen door and brought it forth, enveloping the barrel of a shotgun.' Darn ye he cried i'll lamb ye get off here i knows ye you're one of that gang of bums that come here last night and now you got the gall to come back begging for food eh i'll lamb ye and he raised the gun to his shoulder the oskaloosa kid quailed but he held his ground i wasn't here last night he cried and i'm not begging for food i want to buy some i've got plenty of money in proof of which assertion he dug into a side pocket and brought forth a large roll of bills the man lowered his gun why didn't ye say so in the first place then he growled how'd i know you wanted to buy it eh where'd ye come from anyhow this early in the morning what's your name eh what's your business that's what jeb case'd like to know eh he snapped his words out with the rapidity of a machine-gun nor waited for a reply to one query before launching the next. "'What do you want to buy, eh? How much money you got? Looks suspicious. That's a sight of money you got there, eh? Where'd you get it?' "'It's mine,' said the Oskaloosa kid, and I want to buy some eggs and milk and ham and bacon and flour and onions and sugar and cream and strawberries and tea and coffee and and a frying-pan and a little oil stove, if you have one to spare, and—' Case's jaw dropped and his eyes widened. "'You're in the wrong pasture, bub,' he remarked feelingly. "'What you're looking for is Sears Roebuck and Company.' The Oskaloosa kid flushed up to the tips of his ears. "'But can't you sell me something?' he begged. "'I might let you have some milk and eggs and butter and a little bacon, "'and maybe my old woman's got a loaf left from her last bacon.' but we ain't been figuring on supplyin' grub for the United States Army, if that's what you be buyin' for. A frowsy, rat-faced woman and a gawky youth of fourteen stuck their heads out the doorway at either side of the man. I ain't got nothin' to sell, snapped the woman, but as she spoke her eyes fell upon the fat bankroll in the youth's hand. Or leastwise, she amended, "'I ain't got much more'n we need, and the price of stuff's gone up so lately that I'll have to ask ye more'n I would of last fall. But what did ye figure on wantin?' "'Anything you can spare,' said the youth. "'There are three of us, and we're awful hungry.' "'Where you stoppin?' asked the woman. "'We're at the old Squibb's place,' replied the kid. "'We got caught by the storm last night and had to put up there.' "'The Squibb's place?' ejaculated the woman. You didn't stop there overnight. Yes, we did, replied the youth. See anything funny? asked Mrs. Case. We didn't see anything, replied the Oskaloosa kid, but we heard things. At least we didn't see what we heard, but we saw a dead man on the floor when we went in, and this morning he was gone. The cases shuddered. A dead man? ejaculated Jeb Case. you seen him? the kid nodded i never took much stock in them stories said jeb with a shake of his head but if you seen it gosh they beats me come on mirandy les see what we got to spare and he turned into the kitchen with his wife the lanky boy stepped out and planting himself in front of the oskaloosa kid proceeded to stare at him you seen it he asked in awestruck tone "'Yes,' said the kid in a low voice, and bending close toward the other. "'It had bloody froth on its lips.' The case boy shrank back. "'And what did you hear?' he asked, a glutton for thrills. "'Something that dragged a chain behind it and came up out of the cellar and tried to get in our room on the second floor,' explained the youth. "'It almost got us too," he added, "'and it did it all night.' whistled the case boy. "'Gosh!' Then he scratched his head and looked admiringly at the youth. What might your name be? he asked. I'm the Oskaloosa kid, replied the youth, unable to resist the admiration of the other's fond gaze. Look here, and he fished a handful of jewelry from one of his side pockets. This is some of the swag I stole last night when I robbed a house. End of Section 8